Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Okay, some good news, Hammer. You heard him talk about it at the top of the hour in the WIBC newsroom. The guy that uh, sauntered out of the Marion County uh, Detention Center uh, last week, or maybe it was the week before because of a quote-unquote clerical error. I call it complete and utter negligence. He's been caught joining us live now in the WIBC studios here, WIBC News Director John Herrick, in to fill in some gaps. Take us to the beginning and how we got where we are right now. Well, as you mentioned, Nigel, Mason was set free on accident uh, September 13th of uh, 2023 and then we didn't get told about it the media and the public didn't get told about it until September 19th of 2023 so almost a week later which was hard to believe that was last Tuesday the Kevin Mason era has gone two weeks (laughs) but it feels a lot longer and this was a national story (laughs) it was yes it started out as an Indiana story became a national story Uh, more than 300 officers helped try to find this guy Um, basically Basically, he's accused of killing a, a man by the name of Dontavius Catchings in June of 2021 outside a church in Minneapolis at the funeral of a mutual friend. So that's kind of where he's Whoa. the big charge against him stems from is that Minneapolis case. And he has ties to Indianapolis. He was arrested in Indy. And then the clerical error happened Two Marion County Sheriff's Office. Employees lost their jobs over it. Wow. And then the U.S. Marshals got involved. They offered $10,000 for a reward to find find Mason, and then eventually they found him uh, on this Wednesday here. So the marshal's office basically took over this whole investigation after Kerry Forstall and company dropped the ball. I'm paraphrasing here, but what statement did the sheriff's office here in Indy release after this arrest? They they were extremely, as you can probably imagine, Hammer, very thankful to the I would uh, imagine. to the U.S. Marshal's office. I'll just read you uh, Sheriff Forrestal's full statement. He said, I would like to extend my sincere gratitude and congratulations to the USMS for concluding this manhunt, safely bringing Mason back into custody. Our federal partners have kept us informed throughout the entire process. We're truly Truly thankful for their assistance and wide resources, most specifically their task force partnerships with local law enforcement agencies that have allowed them to pursue Kevin Mason throughout the country. Here's what I heard. Thank you so much for <laughs> fixing our screw up. That's what I heard. Nice. Now, I do we know anything more? You said this guy Mason had ties to Indianapolis. Do we know what he was doing here? Because I know that his was it his girlfriend was also arrested for assisting after he got out right that part of it is still a little unclear so we know he knows some people in indy we got a couple people in the newsroom who we think that have been researching this and trying to find people who he may have known we've tried to reach out to those folks and haven't heard back but we do know that his girlfriend was charged earlier this week uh with a you know assisting a criminal because they believe you know she picked him up from the jail bought him some stuff was got him some slippers got him some new underwear i mean basically did some things to help him. So that's why she was charged uh, with, with the crime as well. John Herrick, where can we get more information? Uh, WIBC.com and, of course, uh, all throughout the news today and probably tomorrow morning as well. John, thank you. Thank you. I wonder if Mason is a tidy whitey kind of guy or a boxer brief. Boxer, uh, 
boxers. Maybe we'll have to ask his lovely better half, who <laughs> is get her uh, on the phone. Because you know she's going to be out probably pretty soon with the justice <laughs> oh, system and oh, Mary. She's walking County. around right now. Are you we can me? probably get her in studio and ask her firsthand. <laughs> maybe tomorrow. Um, it's a big night tonight. If you're a political junkie, if you're into the news cycle, it's a big night tonight. We've got a GOP debate. We've got Donald Trump speaking to striking auto workers in Michigan, and something that. I didn't know about until he came on our show yesterday. Bill O'Reilly is going to be doing a chat with Tucker Carlson tonight. Yeah, that's all. Everything starts at nine o'clock. That I think the the interview gets released at nine. I don't know if that interview warrants a live tweet sort of thing. Right. But, but Trump's thing does. And I so think does, Trump starts a little bit earlier, though. Does, does I think he's at eight o'clock, maybe okay. an hour earlier. But you know how Trump is. He's never on time. <laughs> never on time. Um. I'm not really interested in the GOP debates. I just don't know what I'm going to learn that's new. Are we going to learn anything new tonight? I mean, you said they're they're probably concentrating on the economy more, maybe the border. Maybe they can get to the border within the first hour. Yeah, tonight's an know. economy night, and one of the moderators is Jim Varney of Fox Business, along with Dana Perino and a reporter from Univision, uh, Ilya Calderon. So those are the moderators tonight, but it's supposed to be more focused on the economy. But I'm not going to lie, I kind of want to hear some stuff about the border as well. So if you're wondering who's in tonight's debate, it's basically everybody from the last one, except for Asia Hutchinson. He didn't meet the criteria. So we're talking about DeSantis, Ramaswamy, Haley, Pence, Christie, Scott, and Doug. Uh, with tonight, this could be the last chance for some of these folks. It's their last chance to kind of chip away at that lead Donald Trump has. And if they got any yeah. snowball shot in hell, they're going to have to show out tonight. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy joined Larry Kudlow earlier. Take a listen to his thoughts on whether or not there should be mass deportations at the border. The answer to that is yes. If we're a nation founded on the rule of law, we have to stand for the rule of law. And we can't look our kids in the eye and say, you have to follow the law if the government itself does not follow the law either. So I think the only answer, Larry, is in a humane and as respectful of a manner, deport the family unit back to the country of origin when they are here illegally. I will never break apart families. I'm a pro-family person. But you have to take the family unit and return them back to the country of origin. I support, of course, the Remain in Mexico policy. I support finishing the wall. But I would go further than Trump did on those measures, Larry. I think we have a legitimate, legal, ethically, and morally justifiable use case for the U.S. military to seal that southern border. Mm. Because right now, those cartels have financed tunnels underneath that wall. So the wall was a good start, but it's not enough. And I think that that's perfectly appropriate to use our own military to secure our own border against an invasion of both drugs and illegal armed gunmen at our own southern border. And that's how I'll lead as commander in chief. So Vivek Ramaswamy says, yeah, we're going to build a wall, then we're going to have tunnel protection, and okay. Okay, I like the plan. Okay. At least he's got a plan. At least he's doing something. Uh, by the way, it's it's Stuart Varney, not Jim Varney. <laughs> it's Ernest. You said Jim Varney. Did I say Jim Varney? <laughs> Stuart Varney. Jim is Ernest. Ernest, yeah. Ernest yeah. goes to camp. So it's Stuart Varney is the third uh, debate moderator. I would love to dig up the old I bones of Ernest. Ernest goes to camp. Ernest moderates the debate. <laughs> Might bring a few more eyeballs to that thing. Uh, here is Nikki Haley on her campaign. 
Well, I think, first of all, you know, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. But I think what you're seeing is we have to have someone that can win a general. A primary win doesn't matter if we end up with a President Kamala Harris. That cannot happen. And so the goal is this is a story about addition. You want more people to join us. It doesn't mean you have to soften on being conservative. It means how you communicate. And instead of pushing people away, you're bringing people in. If we've lost the last seven out of eight popular votes for president. That is nothing for Republicans to be proud of. We should want to win the majority of Americans. I'm talking to everyone. We're going out bringing in everyone, whether it's women, whether it's the younger generation, whether it's independents, whether it's conservative Republicans, and we're bringing them together. We're not dividing them anymore. She had a good debate the last time around. Right. She, she was, had some donors come in afterwards, went up a couple points, but... I think Vivek won that first debate, but she came in a close second. And right, like you said, the donations came streaming in. Here is Ron DeSantis on what he would say to Donald Trump if Trump were there tonight. Well, he should step up to the plate and then we'll do it. I mean, I think we can talk about um, a lot of the things he's running in 2024 on a lot of the same promises he ran on in 2016 and didn't deliver on. He said he was going to drain the swamp. They didn't drain the swamp at all. He still defends hiring Christopher Ray. He didn't fire Ray. He didn't fire Fauci. He said Mexico was going to pay for the border wall. That didn't happen. They started the wall, but we've got a lot more to be able to do to finish the wall. He said he was going to eliminate the national debt. Uh, they added almost $8 trillion to the debt in four years. And then remember, he promised to appoint a special counsel for Hillary Clinton. Then after the election, two weeks later, he's like, oh, no, forget about it. That's what you say before the election. It's not what you say after. So now he's saying he's going to do one for Biden, but he had promised to do that for uh, in, in 2016. So I think it's about you got to deliver on these things. If we do the same thing and we don't deliver on 100 uh, percent, we're not going to turn the country around. So those folks doing the debate tonight, Reagan Library, 9 o'clock. We've got coverage here at 93 WIBC. I'll be live tweeting this thing. I don't really want to, <laughs> but I'm taking care of you guys tonight. So and if you want to follow on Twitter, I got you. And then we got you back tomorrow with all the highlights and clips and everything you need to know, of course, right here on this show, 3 to 7. So if you're somebody that likes to crack a beverage from time to time, and maybe you're looking for a reason to make this debate a little bit more fun, here is the debate drinking game. It's the Republican Party debate drinking game. Watch the debate and have a sip when you hear popular GOP words or phrases. Like when you hear the word MAGA. Drink. Anytime someone mentions Hunter Biden. Drink and take some crack. Get debate drunk on the alcoholic beverage of your choice, except Bud Light. Anytime there's a mention of a large pants, red cap wearing fellow who's conspicuously absent from the stage, drink till you're orange in the face. When Ron DeSantis says woke. Woke, 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 woke. Drink, 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 drink. Watch tonight's debate and drink because it's the only thing that will get you through it the republican party debate drinking game sponsored by disney nope drink (laughs) and again this thing would be so much better if jim varney were the one being the moderator instead of stewart know what i mean Vern? ernest goes to the debate whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Show. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Hammer Colts kicker Matt Gay has been named the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, a uh, honor in which he has never received before in his career. So congratulations. Four kicks, uh, one of them ultimate game winning, over 50 yards in a game. Uh, very impressive, impressive uh, stat for that Colts kicker. And he was worth every penny the Colts play, paid for him in the offseason. That's the big free agent acquisition, the kicker. Yeah, like, right. we all laughed at it at the time. Like, what's Bauer doing? You're spending all of our money on a kicker? What are you doing? And it turns out, without that guy, the Colts don't come close to beating the Ravens uh, this past Sunday. Look, enjoy it while you can. The Colts are alone in yeah. first place right now. Now, that being said... Week three of last year, the Colts beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and then the wheels kind of fell off the rest of the season. So this year, I'm hoping the week three win against the Ravens doesn't mirror what happened last year. I'm looking at Matt Gay's salary. Uh, I, I think he signed a four-year deal worth $22.5 million. Does that sound right? With the That's Colts? big money for a kicker, man. $10 million guaranteed. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> Worth every penny. I mean, would you rather have had Ballard, though, take that money for some backup lineman who might make a difference in the game and might not, or some starter somewhere that might make a difference or not? This dude makes a difference. Now, now that you got the kicker, I'm not saying do this all the time, but... uh, (laughs) I think his story's awesome. He was once signed to the Colts practice squad before I think getting picked up by the Rams and then winning a Super Bowl with the Rams and performing. He was money that year with the Rams, man, and that's what warranted this big contract here. So, yeah, AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Congratulations to Matt Gay. Four-year contract worth uh, $22.5 million. Get your kids kicking. 22.5. Yeah, no kidding. If you got little kids, man, get them outside in the backyard. Don't make them throw passes. Make them kick field goals. I mean, that's a high pressure. (laughs) I think it's a high. I mean, obviously, quarterback's probably the highest pressure position. But, man, a kicker, a field goal kicker is pretty high pressure as well. I mean, you can win or lose games on those things, man. So I played a lot of sports in high school, and I'm trying to think to myself, what's more pressure? Being a kicker lining up for a game-winning kick, being at the free throw line, you know, clock's expired and you got to make one to win it or go into overtime or you're a baseball hitter you got two strikes three balls oh. full count bases loaded bottom of the ninth pressures on you or you're a reliever yeah a relief pitcher well son bases are loaded there's nobody out and we're up <laughs> by one good luck that's a good question who has more pressure I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'm I'm thinking it's baseball related. It's harder, I think, to hit a baseball from a pitcher throwing it 90 plus miles an hour than it is to hit a free throw or to make a kick, I would think. 
Uh, but I'm a baseball guy. So let me know what you guys think at Hammer and Nigel. One more Colts note here. Uh, Anthony Richardson and Ryan Kelly back at practice today. Um, they're not officially out of concussion protocol yet, but this is Jeez. one of the last two parts of the protocol you have to go to a practice without pads on and compete and then you have to have a full active practice and if you're good to go you can play on sunday so it looks like right now all signs are pointing to these guys being all good to go for sunday colts favored minus one and a half Man, Rams, they played some defense against Cincinnati on Monday night. If anybody watched that game against the Bengals, Rams defense, they still got some dudes up front. So we'll see what happens. Um, I got a follow-up story. Okay. Something we talked about, I believe, on Monday. So in Palm Springs, a local artist was tasked with creating some sort of memorial sculpture to honor the folks that have been dealing with AIDS. Mm-hmm. Well, the yes. problem was there was a lot of feedback from the community, a lot of criticism from the community that his final artwork, the final project, looked like a big anus. <laughs> a literal, literal anus. Right. I mean, we posted that story a couple of uh, days ago, if you want to scroll down and look at it. I mean, we're not joking. No. We're not making light of it, but that's what the townspeople are saying. Right. The sculpture by Palm Springs artist Philip K. Smith is going to be at the Downtown Park at Museum Way, near the Forever Maryland statue. Smith's original design... The front of the sculpture consisted of a large piece of limestone shaped into a circle with several ridge grooves <laughs> cut into it surrounding a hole in the middle. And the backside, which received even more criticism, consisted of a ring of protruding forms surrounding the hole. Yes. And the townspeople of Palm Springs were like, listen. We like Philip K. Smith. We want to pay tribute to the folks that have battled against AIDS. But this statue looks like a big old <laughs> anus. So the update is they're going to take that down. Oh, no. He's being asked to redesign. Oh. So I don't okay. know if he's going to do the redesign for free or if the city's double dipping and having to pay this guy twice. I got to tell you, though, if I'm ever in Palm Springs, uh, that's a destination. That's a tourist destination for me. I'm going to go see the big anus. This is from the paper of record in Palm Springs. The new design is because some people say the plans originally resembled the anatomy of a human anus. <laughs> I think we have the record now for this word being mentioned in a single segment. Oh, we're not done yet because it's time for great moments and Hugh Janus history. And now, Heather and Nigel present great moments in Hugh Janus history. On KTLA back in the day. Anyway, uh, Christy and Joe Horton, uh, ninth anniversary, and Hugh Janus turning 10. We'd mentioned. I'm sorry. What? what? I'm sorry. <laughs> It's it's one of those it's one of those. Oh, I, I totally felt more, didn't I? Hugh Janus. This has been great moments in Hugh Janus history. Mike Pence used to sit in this yeah, chair, right there. right there. He would deliver content and witty commentary about, about serious witty. matters of the day. 
And once again, the Hammer and Nigel Show presents More? great moments in huge anus history. <laughs> and now, Hammer and Nigel present great moments in huge anus history. Between Uniondale and Lynbrook, people we spoke with are worried about increased traffic near that route. That includes Hugh Janus. He works at a liquor store in Garden City. That includes Hugh Janus. Great moments in Hugh Janus history. Very nice. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. So what about uh, Donald Trump tonight speaking in Michigan at the uh, at the UAW um is he at the picket line, or is he... No, he's doing a venue. He's got like, a venue tonight. But his message is designed for the folks in the auto industry this evening. Which generally vote Democrat. Right. But keep in mind, these folks on the picket line here, this is affecting their pocketbook now. In the past, they could talk all the trash they want. We are proud Democrats, rabble, rabble. Where now they're actually seeing the result of Democrat policies. They're seeing record inflation, this big push for electric vehicles to be made, which is hurting the traditional automobile industry. And now there's a big labor dispute. So things are not going well for those who have carried the water for Democrats in the past couple of elections. There may be a chance Donald Trump can win some folks over. Now, is it going to be enough to turn Michigan red again? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But he put out a little teaser video today. This was on Truth Social. Donald Trump, a little bit on what to expect from his big speech in Detroit tonight. Biden is killing American consumers, and he's also killing U.S. manufacturing. In an all-out attack on American-made pickup trucks, SUVs, and other automobiles, Biden doubled CAFE standards, a move that is projected to cost automakers $200 billion. By one estimate, Biden's electric vehicle mandate will slaughter 117,000 U.S. auto manufacturing jobs, with workers in Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio among the hardest hit. And I hope United Auto Workers is listening to this because I think you better endorse Trump because I'm going to grow your business and they are destroying your business. They are absolutely destroying your business. How people can vote for you just because it's an automatic Democrat vote. Look how they've decimated the car industry over the years. Mexico has 32 percent of the business that we used to have. It's ridiculous. But they didn't do it while I was president. I can tell you that. If Biden's assault is not stopped, American auto production will be totally dead. He's doing exactly what he needs to do. That is the message he needs to send tonight. Because of Joe Biden's green energy policies, the auto industry is going down the drain in a hurry. Hell, I mean, for God's sake, Biden campaigned on the promise to destroy uh, gas-powered uh, coal energy automotive industry like it's it's so transparent i can't believe like i'm, I'm reading uh, tony kennett uh right now from the daily signal he's live out in michigan uh, covering uh donald trump's speech tonight quote picketers here at ford want Ford to stick to making gas-powered vehicles and to stop flirting with the EVs. The leadership gets on TV praising Biden, calling for a four-day work week at 40% raises. Extremely few people here on the ground 
are calling for that. That's from Tony Kennett, Daily Signal, who um, also uh, works here at 93 WIBC. It it's, feels like it, what the teachers go through as well. Yes. There's a lot of teachers yes. who feel pressure to join the teachers' union, and they're in it. But they look at this lunatic Randy Weingarten, and when she's not winning Joe Namath Gosh. lookalike contests, she's flying to Ukraine. <laughs> like, why is Joe Namath in Ukraine, for God's sake? Randy Weingarten. <laughs> And the auto workers are going through the same deal right now. They're seeing what happens when you consistently vote for these folks that want to put them out of business. But you know what? I guarantee you, a lot of those people in that line that are complaining about all these things caused by Democrats will vote Democrat again. Yeah. And it's what we see in Indianapolis, too, right? Everybody complains about Joe Hogsett. I mean, the Democrats tried to even primary him this year, a two-time uh, sitting mayor of Indianapolis. They tried to primary him this year. They couldn't find anybody that could pick up the slack, but they would have loved to have gotten rid of Joe. But the same people that complain about him and talk about the murders and the horses on Martin Luther King Street <laughs> and everything else will go back to the ballot box this November and put that lunatic's name down. People never learn, man. So I'm going to say something that may be a little controversial, Nige. Bill Gates, climate voice of reason. I'm sorry? Bill Gates, climate I mean, voice of reason. Like one of the biggest climate cultists there is. So speaking at a New York Times event, Bill Gates is trying to pump the brakes a little bit on the climate panic oh boy, that some folks him, are putting out there. Get him in trouble. Quote, if you try to do climate brute force, you will get people who say, I like the climate, but I don't want to bear the cost and reduce my standard of living. Hmm. Boy, AOC's head just spun completely say, around like Beetlejuice. Well, you try to show, so basically what he's trying to do is, is make it clear that, look, the Democrats are going to get voted out of office. If you keep talking about these crazy energy policies, the, the you know trying to shove people into electric vehicles they don't want and can't afford, you're going to get voted out. I think that's what, what is really, really going on here. And, and it's like, I haven't heard much from Greta Thunberg in the past couple of years of hearing the, Thunberg. The Thunberg or whatever, screaming about how the world is going to burn to ash and lava because of climate change. I don't think that's really resonating. How the way dare it, you? The way, <laughs> it's not resonating the way it used to. How Aaron? dare you? I mean, John, climate czar John Kerry demanding average, ordinary, everyday Americans giving up everything from, from gas stoves to meat <laughs> to save the planet isn't exactly getting people fired up to fight climate change. That's what Bill Gates is saying here. And then Kerry takes like a private jet to all these speeches. Now, I understand they have to have extra room for his chin, but he still <laughs> flies on these private jets well, to all these speeches. It was just, don't let Bill Gates fool you. He's got four private jets. It was only a few months ago he was defending his use of his private jets. Quote, well, I'm comfortable with the idea that not only am I part of the problem by paying for the offsets, he, he, basically he's saying, I pay a bunch for carbon offsets and I do a lot for the climate change community, so I'm allowed this luxury. Okay. That was his excuse, basically. Meanwhile, uh, I'm rich enough to pay for carbon offsets, so I'm allowed. However, if you can't afford to offset your carbon footprint, sorry about you. Enjoy your electric vehicle that you can't afford. That's fancy talk for I'm better than you and I can make the rules. <laughs> Bite me, Bill Gates. <laughs>
Ridiculous. Uh, Target says it's going to close nine stores in major cities across four states, not because of inflation or supply chain issues. It's because of theft and organized crime. You're seeing a lot of these smash and grabs, grab and goes, whatever you want to call them. Philly, yeah, it happened there not too long ago. Now, not to be outdone, CVS said they're going to close 900 stores by the end of 2024. That's 10% of all the CVS stores will be closed by the end of next year. Uh, I I swear, I I spend more time in CVS. Like, you go to the gas station pretty much every day, right? Yes. You stop by the gas station. I'm at CVS multiple times a week for different things. I like going there better than I do the grocery. They've got better uh, uh, beer and wine prices there. Uh, Prescriptions, of course. And then, like, you know, I just picked up some, uh, I mean, they knew me by name there. Mr. Laskowski, how are you? I mean, the, even the pharmacists. Oh, hey, you're here for your uh, your cholesterol medicine, right? Yeah. You're the yeah. norm from Cheers at the <laughs> CVS pharmacy. You walk in, Nigel. Yeah. yeah, bought some vitamins today. Bought some chapstick. Uh, bought us. Uh, you know, they got the two for two for one on the energy drinks. That will suck if my CVS closes down. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, Target, CVS. Uh, when these companies know that. The, the criminal justice system isn't going to proce- prosecute uh, property theft or property crimes. What are they supposed to do? Right. And this goes for Walgreens, too. Walgreens, a couple weeks back, announced their plans to shut down 150 stores nationwide. They mentioned the crime, but they also said they're trying to make theirs more of a online type of deal where you place an order online then you just go there to pick up your goods so that's kind of what walgreens is wanting to do but cvs and target are making it clear yeah the crime is a big part of why we're having a hard time right now and you brought up philadelphia oh man we're lunatics there they are looting left and right in philadelphia there was one viral video And that's kind of making its way around of a bunch of people looting a liquor store. Now, I can't stress this enough. Liquor store. And this fat woman is recording it and cheering everybody on. And her message is that everyone must eat. Everybody must eat. Everybody must eat. Shut up. Why don't you loot a Kroger then? Number one, it looks like she's been doing just fine. She's been eating quite a bit. And number two, they're not looting a store with food. They're looting a liquor store. Exactly. And I saw a bunch of footage of this last night, and the people that were filming were laughing at the cops because they know these people that are getting arrested for looting will be out by tonight, if or, or, or if not tomorrow. So this this was some sort of BLM-inspired looting downtown Philly, uh, sort of as a result of an officer being cleared of charges for, for shooting a knife-wielding man. This is kind of what, what so it So the officer was defending with. himself. Yes, of course. And so, that's a problem. So, of course, what do you do? You loot. And you won't get in trouble for it, and they know that. I am so shocked we don't see this in Indianapolis. Between Joe Hogsett and Ryan Mears, the gruesome twosome, if this were to happen, if somebody were to organize and just ransack a Kroger or a Walgreens or a liquor store, whatever, we saw what happened in the summer of love. Hell, the mayor wasn't even here. 
He was nowhere to be found, and Ryan Mears was so weak on all this kind of stuff, he'll just put an ankle monitor on you, rub your hair, and say, get on out of here, you little scamp. (laughs) I'm telling you, I hope and pray the fine men and women of IMPD and the sheriff's office have a plan in place, because criminals, they're idiots, but they're not dumb. They can see what they can and can't get away with. And if they're getting away with it in Chicago and Philly and other places, New York, I promise you somebody's going to try to do this in Indy and scumbags like Ryan Mears and Joe Hogsett will be perfectly fine with it. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. So a shirtless man in Los Angeles, Hammer was chased and arrested for grand theft auto and robbery. The man fled in a golf cart with a medium-sized dog in his lap. Here is the chase and a statement he yelled out during his arrest. Do you hear him? I'm an alcoholic. Don't drink. Don't do drugs. Sounds like uh, sounds like a bit of a, a self revelation there, right? Uh, you know, somebody that just has finally hit rock bottom. But why take the dog? Like, okay, <laughs> no, fine. Dog. You're a raging alcoholic. Fine, whatever. But why take the dog with you and endanger the dog? If you really love the dog, you wouldn't get involved in a chase with the police. Now, keep in mind, he was on a golf cart. Like, probably can't go more than 20, 25 miles an hour. But still, sure. I mean, you start trying to avoid the authorities and avoid being arrested. Nothing good comes from that. Right. And I'm telling you, taking your dog and putting that in the mix, it's a bad idea. Like the police don't know at this point if this guy doesn't have a knife, if he has a gun, whatever. I mean, there's a chance that this guy could have been seriously hurt. and The dog could have been killed and it would have been this moron's fault. You don't get to say, don't drink and do drugs. Well, I'm glad you realized that. Just now realizing that, right? It took a dog <laughs> golf cart chase for you to realize that was a uh, that's a smart thing to say. Sorry, you're not getting any sympathy from me right. at all. Hammer and Nigel. You believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock. Okay, so that murder suspect, Kevin Mason, who was able to uh, stroll out of the Marion County Detention Center a couple of weeks ago, uh, has been captured. He was wanted in uh, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota on charges of murder. And for whatever reason, he was in Indy. He had been arrested, but due to a complete uh, negligence and incompetence in the uh, sheriff's office there, he was able to go free. And he's been caught. Sam Gerard and the uh, U.S. United States Marshal Service caught him <laughs> two weeks later. Now, I'm paraphrasing here, yes. but the statement that uh, Carrie Forrestal put out from the sheriff's office to the marshal's office was simply, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for fixing our embarrassing, humiliating mistake yeah. that comes approximately one month after 
the previous embarrassing, humiliating, and deadly mistake. It's been a rough stretch for the Marion County Sheriff's Office leadership. Now, I think it's important to say leadership because there's a lot of folks out there doing God's work, man. They're busting their butts. They're out there every day. The folks out on the front lines, I feel bad for them because their leadership is so incompetent. It's bad right now. But you know what? It's how it is in Indy. Look at the prosecutor's office. Look who the mayor is. Hell, the mayor wasn't even around here when the riots broke down. And we all have heard the rumors of where he was at, what condition he was in. Now that Jefferson Shreve is actually running commercials that ask, where was Joe? I was just kind of hoping and praying some of these other TV stations that have investigative departments would pick up on that story and, oh, I don't know, ask Joe Hogsett where he was, maybe get some sort of paper trail. Tony Kennett's doing a lot of work with this right now, and I get HIPAA laws are in place and you got to be careful, but where's that one dumpster diving dork that was wrong about Camp Atterbury at Channel 13? <laughs> where's old two L's at? Seagull, is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> feel like this would be a story that would be like, you know, fish in a barrel right there, right? Yeah. The mayor of a major city was possibly rumored, allegedly, in rehab and was not here, and we don't know who was calling the shots. That feels like that would be a big story, but when you got the dumpster diving guy that's in the tank for a lot of the folks here in the uh, city and local government, well, you don't get the reporting you deserve. Uh, Will it come up in the debates? Because the uh, I think we got a debate in, in a couple of weeks between Sharif yeah. and Hogsett. Wish TV Wish has TV. the first one. Uh, yeah, they've got the first the one. Sanchez is, uh, I believe, a moderator. One of the moderators. Yeah, they have multiple moderators, but the Sanchez, Phil Sanchez, is one of them. And I talked about this with Rob the other day. Even if throughout the course of that debate, Phil or whoever it is doesn't ask the question directly to Joe. Where were you? Can you prove your whereabouts? Who was calling the shots? Why do you use your personal email and not your government email at work? Things like this. It's Jefferson Shreve's job to bring that Are up. Are they going to let him talk to each other, though? Let him ask each other questions? They don't usually do that at debates, right? No, but you, you can just, put you that can, in your you're answer. Right, you're right. Jefferson exactly. Shreve, why should you be the mayor? Well, well, because I'll be here. <laughs> Joe, where were you? Where were you when exactly. the riots were happening? You just make that little pivot. That's all that has to happen, but I am so just lethargic about this mayor's race. We got a text message from Rob oh, yeah. uh, during the commercial Where break. Is that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he just received a Jefferson Sharif for mayor. I don't know why he's getting this in the flyer. Maybe somebody sent this to him. Uh, Jefferson Sharif for mayor, in, um, and is it's all about gun laws. It's all about gun control. But this, he's this never flyer. going to pass. Ban assault rifles, require a permit, raise the minimum age. Okay. Doubling down on the whole gun plan. Not a good idea. No, it's not. It's like you finally grew, you know, the huevos. You finally developed the testicular fortitude to run ads saying, where was Joe Hogsett during the riots? Yeah. And you doubled down on it by doing this? Oh, just sending mailers out. So is it over for you? It is. In terms of a vote? Yes. That's it? Yeah. And again, you know how much I hate Joe Hogsett. I understand. Everybody listening to this program knows how bad Joe Hogsett has been for Indianapolis. 
But the other guy doesn't want my vote, and he blames me for the failures of Joe Hogsett and Ryan Mears. I am a law-abiding gun owner who has never been arrested. So normally, I would be the guy that Jefferson Shreve would want to run with, you know, win over. I would be the guy that would have his back. But he blames me for all of this stuff. Law-abiding gun owners, that evil right to carry, how gross and disgusting. It's our fault. It's not Joe Hawk said. It's not Ryan Mears. It's not repeat offenders. It's law-abiding citizens. So, I'm again, okay. I'm just one man with one vote. But I'm a man that lives in Indianapolis, and with my one single vote, I'm writing in Abdul's name. Abdul at least had a plan for public safety that wasn't blaming law-abiding citizens. And I don't care if you can't win or not. This has to be a lesson to the Marion County Republican group, the Marion County Republican Party here. We're tired of your anti-gun, Eric Holcomb-style rhinos, okay? That's what we're tired of. One other question for you. Have you thought about the possibility that Sharif could win and— how do you feel about that? What would you say if he won? I think it'd be the same thing as Joe Hawksett would won. Like, and I've heard this question a lot. You know, you've been tough on Jefferson Shreve. How are you going to feel if he wins? If he wins, that means Joe Hogsett lost. And I would be happy about that. Yeah. But at the same time, nothing's going to change. I mean, hell, half of, more than half of Jefferson Shreve's campaign, at least in terms of advertising, has been about how awesome the ideas are of Joe Hogsett. <laughs> Let that sink in for just a moment. Very strange campaign. For so sure. if Shreve wins, then all right, fine. I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to be happy because I don't expect anything at all to change. This is the problem with the mayor's race right now in Indianapolis. It's just like that old South Park episode where there's a giant douche on one side, there's a turd sandwich on the other, and they're running for an election. <laughs> and the moral at the end of that episode is, Stan, don't you see? Every election is between a giant douche and a turd sandwich. You just have to pick one. That's where we're at right now. <sighs> wow. So Mike Braun was one of 19 Senate Republicans that voted against advancing this short-term funding bill to avoid a government shutdown. Good. The vote was 77 to 19. All 19 nays were Republican senators. Mike Braun, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, just to name a few. And now they're trying to pass this turd down to the House and try to strong arm Kevin McCarthy to pass it. Now, keep in mind, it's not just a bill to pass this little hiccup with the government yep. to keep it open. There's a lot of BS loaded in the back. Yeah, I was kind of annoyed with McCarthy, uh, the House Speaker, about how he kind of flip-flop on the whole Ukraine funding thing being included in, being included in their version of this. Right. Well, it you know? sounds like a lot of folks in the House are not real excited about this. Earlier today, Byron Donalds, he is a rep from Florida, was asked about this bill. The Senate's bipartisan proposal. Yeah. What do you make of it? Would you support that if McCarthy brought it to the floor? No, that thing is dead over here. Are you kidding me? Well, first of all, <laughs> you continue serious? spending. You have $6.2 uh, for Ukraine. Um, they do nothing to secure our southern border. Um, that is just a non-starter. The Senate needs to get real. What, what You've all seen the images at the southern border. It has to stop immediately. 
States government should not continue to be funding funded if we don't secure our border. Because, sir, what? <laughs> you really asking me that question? Did no. you read it? <laughs> it funds Ukraine and gives us a big middle finger. That should have been all that Byron Donalds had to say. Um, and I'm reading some of the comments here on the YouTube thread. Yes, I know the city county council is a complete woke train wreck. But the thing is, man, it's such an overwhelming majority. One election is not going to change that. But at least if there's a change at the top of the food chain, you feel a little bit better about the direction of the city. It doesn't matter who wins this mayor's race. No directional change is going to happen in Indianapolis. Law-abiding citizens will be the ones getting the lectures from people while repeat offenders keep getting let out by the woke prosecutor and apparently whoever wins the mayor's race. It's so disgusting, man. I live here. This is where my kids are. My family lives here. And as a voter in Marion County, this is where we have to draw that line in the sand and say enough is enough. We have to send a message to these groups putting these wishy-washy candidates out there, the Marion County Republican Party, and even the state of Indiana. We have to send a message. No more Holcombs. No more Jefferson Shreves. We can do that by voting a write-in candidate or not voting at all this November. I'm so sick with that. I hate not voting at all, but if these are my options, what do you want to do? Get punched in the face or kicked in the balls? Well, gee, I don't know. Emory Nigel presents is It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Hey, Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? First of all, happy 44th birthday to Doug. Was he the, the North Dakota governor? Uh, this is a different Doug. A listener sent us an email and said that her husband loves the show. Doug, uh, Dougie, Doug, Doug. Happy 44th birthday to Doug. Now, because I read that, I know what's going to happen. Every single person is going to want their birthday read on this show. <laughs> That's not happening. Let's not do that. We're not doing that. So we made the exception here for a listener of our program. It's been around for a long time. We're not reading everyone's birthday. <laughs> If you send us a birthday message, I promise you we're going to change that person's name to Hugh Janus. <laughs> I can also promise you maybe we'll respond with the uh, happy birthday. Yeah. In the email. Yeah, which would not be the, I'm acceptable. Not the show for that. Right. Okay. But this was All the right. exception and not the rule. Um, is this anything? I'll run stories by you. You tell us if it's anything yep. or not. Yep, yep, yep. Rolling Stone put together a list of the 50 worst decisions in movie history. One of them was when Netflix founders flew to Dallas to meet with Blockbuster executives. Both companies were kind of in trouble. Blockbuster had the chance to buy Netflix. Here's Netflix co-founder and former CEO talking about that meeting. We kind of make our pitch to them. They go, we think there is great synergy here. We could run your online business. You'd run the stores. This would be a great combination. But they finally said, so what do you think we should pay for you? And I remember, but he goes like, $50 million. I swear they were all holding a laugh in because they found that so ridiculous. I remember sitting there going, oh, God, now we're going to have to kick their ass. (laughs) You know what the best part is? (laughs) You know what the best part is. Oh, that's so, yeah, that's something. That $50 million would have turned into billions. That's from a documentary that's free on YouTube, by the way. Everybody should watch it, Netflix versus the world. So I looked up this uh, 50 worst decisions in movie history from Rolling Stone. Some of it's like woke. 
like stuff like you know they said that um, the movie The Toy should have never been made with Richard Pryor because it celebrates slavery. Oh, that's where the like little that. kid buys Richard Pryor <laughs> yeah. as his toy yeah. to play with him. Yeah, last last thing I remember, slaves didn't get quote unquote paid. Yeah, that's, <laughs> right. So so, but some of the some of that kind of crap is on there. Richard Pryor had no problem with the paycheck that came along with that. Yeah, here's another of the top fifty worst decisions of movie history. Do you remember this? The 2017 Academy Awards. Warren Beatty and, and Faye Dunaway presenting for Best Picture. They were handed the wrong envelope. People thought like uh, Warren Beatty was stalling for effect, but he knew something was wrong. He showed it to Faye. Here's a super cut of what happened. It is super cringy and awful. Jimmy Kimmel was hosting at the time. And the Academy Award for Best Picture. <laughs> You're impossible. <laughs> Come on. It's like, this isn't right. La La Land. Yeah! It wasn't La La Land. Thank you. Thank you all. Um, thank you to the Academy. Thank you to... Oh, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. There's a, this, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. Wow. This is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. This is not a joke. Moonlight has won Best Picture. Moonlight. Best Picture. All right, you can, you, you can cut it. It was just, remember that? I mean, that's that's definitely one of the 50 worst decisions in movie history. That was so cringeworthy. The people from the other movie were already up on stage ready to give their acceptance speech. Right, they had started it. And some guy goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Some, some guy, some producer running from the side of the stage, no, that's wrong. Moonlight, you won. Your movie sucks. <laughs> get off the stage. Go, go, get on, get. Um, Shooing away a bear. Uh, other, yeah, go on, get, get, get. Go on. I, I think this uh, other 50 worst decisions of movie history, uh, Will Smith turned down The Matrix and Django Unchained. Ooh. And also slaps Chris Rock at the Oscars. That's on there. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? Because she was bald. <laughs> Here he comes. It's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. Oh, there he is. <laughs> oh, wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. <laughs> okay, you got it. We all know what happened. Like, Other people slap. Like, is that a thing? Like, slapping people? Will Smith trained to be Muhammad Ali yeah, in a right. movie. Why didn't right. you just punch him? Yeah, exactly. Good point. Uh, other worst decisions in movie history. Matt Damon turned down to Avatar, which included 10% of the back end. That wound up costing him $250 million. I think he'll be okay. <laughs> and this one's for you, Hammer. Burt Reynolds. Did you know about this? Burt Reynolds turned down James Bond, The Godfather, Star Wars, Pretty Woman, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay, okay. But to be fair, <laughs> yes. he accepted the best little whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> so I see that as a push. <laughs> We got cannibal runs. You can have the Godfather, and you can have your James Bond. We got the cannonball run. Is this anything? A New Jersey business owner is celebrating all of the cars that get stuck in the sand of the beach that's nearby by releasing a calendar with pictures oh, of all of the trapped vehicles. It's hilarious. There are signs warning the vehicles do not go on the beach, but a lot of people do it anyway. Here's the creator of that calendar explaining what this is all about. It's just amazing how many people drive on that beach in their car. I did 2021, 
2022 and 2023. 2023 is already out, so I'm, I already have enough for 2024. I might do two per page. Yeah, they're, they're telling me to start doing baseball cards, and the biggest question is, is always, what were they thinking? Turning people's dumbassery into a profit. <laughs> I love it. Yes, Amber, this is something. Um, we got time for one more. I want to get this story in. Right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Is this anything? This woman filmed herself bending over a hotel bathroom sink and rinsing her mouth out because she accidentally brushed her teeth with hemorrhoid cream instead of toothpaste. How was my morning going? I just wanted to brush my teeth. Not toothpaste. I just brushed my teeth with this. It's for hemorrhoids. This is the toothpaste. I just brushed my teeth with stuff I put on my ass. <laughs> so my question is, what's the bigger problem here? She accidentally brushed her teeth with hemorrhoid cream or she has hemorrhoids? Well, I guess the hemorrhoids would be the bigger problem. I've done this type of thing. It wasn't hemorrhoid cream, no. but it was like muscle rub icy hot. Oh, like Ben Gay? One of the kids oh. put it in the toothpaste area. No. And I think it was Chris after a workout or something. And it's late at night. I'm half asleep. And I pour the water. I grab the tube and put it on oh. there. My mouth was hot. It was burning. <laughs> it felt like when the dentist like numbs your mouth up for a while. So I... I have been there, just wasn't hemorrhoids. And by the way, in our house, we call them hemorrhoids. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, Hammer, we have an update on your favorite failing transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg. But in order to give you this update, that means we need the official Pete Buttigieg theme music. Buddha, 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 Judge, rocking everywhere. 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 So, failing transportation, Secretary Pete Buttigieg was on CNN this morning and was asked whether the lack of rank-and-file worker support for Joe Biden's forced electric vehicle transformation transition is becoming a problem for the Democrats. Take a listen. The politics of this, particularly in this subset, union workers that I think both parties have been fighting over. Uh, you ran in 2020. You know how this works. Um, do you think that it resonates? Do you think it's a problem for the administration? Well, this is another example of creating or contributing to a problem and then trying to play politics with it. Uh, look, uh, this technology is happening. It is coming. It is coming no matter what. Okay, so it's happening because it's being mandated, is what he's really saying. Right. We're making you do this. We don't give a damn if it puts people out of work or people can't afford the vehicles. It's happening, whether you like it or not. Like violence around O.J. Simpson, it's happening. It you might not have a choice. Just such a joke to see there Biden yesterday and the picket lines pretending to care about the gas-powered you know, auto workers and their factories when he campaigned to destroy the gas power automotive industry. And uh, th forget it, this is so stupid in terms of 
like trying to shove people into electric vehicles they don't want and can't afford. And nobody ever talks about the power grid. This this country. How are you guys going to have millions and millions and millions of EVs that you shove down our throats, charging during the dead of summer when it constantly fails already? Plus, not to mention, you know, the production of tens of millions of EV batteries. Are there even enough rare earth minerals that can be mined? Right. To 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 at scale to put those things out there. This is why it floors me that so many of these union auto workers. Plan to vote Democrat. Plan to vote for Joe Biden again if he's the nominee. Why? His administration wants to put you out of work. But you're too stupid right. to understand that at this point. And maybe Donald Trump could negotiate a better deal. I don't know. But Trump said something back in his successful campaign in 16 when he was running against Hillary. What do you have to lose? If you're an auto worker at this point... And you may be a card-carrying Democrat. What do you have to lose when it comes to the presidential race of 2024? Right now, inflation is bad. This administration wants to put you, the auto worker, out of business. And right now, you're not working because of a labor dispute. What do you have to lose? We're going to talk to Tony Kennett about this here in about an hour. He's going to join us about 530. And he's up in Detroit right outside the picket lines, talking to people who are on strike. He's there to cover the Donald Trump speech tonight, but he's talking to a lot of these folks that are out of work right now. We'll find out what he has to say. Going back to Pete in that same interview, did anybody else catch this? He unintentionally describes Joe Biden's failure to secure the southern border. We see a repeated pattern here, which is creating a problem or contributing to a problem and then trying to score points off of that same problem. We see it at the border. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, did he just say we see it at the border? What's wrong with the border? What's going on there? Oh, nothing. Just an invasion. <laughs> Doing my best Rob Kendall off the rails impression <laughs> right good. there. That was pretty good. An invasion, a humanitarian crisis, death. It is the word hellhole gets thrown around loosely hmm. these days. But that is what it is at the border right now. And Pete just threw that in there at the end very Whoops. casually. Might have to walk that back a little later. All right, Allison, hit me with some legal stuff. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. So you remember that guy. He was a member of the U.S. military that defected into North Korea. You remember this guy? Yeah, Travis King. Yeah, Private Travis King, I believe is his name. He fled across the DMZ in July after facing a dishonorable discharge. Not not a good idea. No, no. Well, he was transferred into the United States via China. He is now in the United States. Boy, so boy, imagine being that bad. North Korea didn't even want you. <laughs> Fat boy is like, well, this guy's a piece of crap. <laughs> now, so far, very few details have been reported. We don't really know his health condition or his mental state at this point. But this was the guy that sought refuge in North Korea because he had ill feelings toward the United States military. He thought he was being mistreated. He thought there was racial discrimination. So his remedy for all of that was to defect to North Korea. (laughs) 
I'm not a smart. I'm, I'm glad this. I'm kind of glad this guy is not part of the uh, armed services. Well, it's not the kind of guy we want on the uh, front lines protecting us, right? Right. I don't, I don't want a guy that thinks that North Korea is going to be better than whatever punishment he is have waiting for him here in the United States. Now, normally, fat boy North Korea, they don't have any sort of diplomatic conversations with anybody. But there's a couple people they listen to. The United States, Russia, and China. And that's not even all the time. The United States is a hit and miss. But it sounds like in this case, somehow China got custody of this guy, and then the United States got him back from China. So I'm wondering, what in the hell did the Biden administration promise these lunatics to get this guy that hates America back on our soil in the first place? There's a lot going on here. Now... If you're not into all of the action happening tonight, if you're not into Donald Trump's speech in Michigan mm-hmm. or the GOP debate or even the big interview conversation between Tucker and Bill O'Reilly tonight, but you're looking for a reason to have fun, you're looking for a reason to crack open a cold one, here's your reason to drink tonight, Nige. Today would have been the 89th birthday of Wilford Brimley. Oh, he died back in 2020. Now, keep this in mind. This blew my mind. Wilford Brimley was 50 years old when he filmed that movie Cocoon. He looked like he was like in his 70s and 80s. (laughs) Like this dude has looked so old his entire life when he was alive. He was 50 years old when he filmed Cocoon. Paul Rudd right now is four years older at 54. Oh, that's crazy. So look at Wilford Brimley in Cocoon. Look at Paul Rudd right now. Rudd is four years older than Brimley was when he did the movie Cocoon. So your reason to drink tonight, this would have been the 89th birthday of Wilford Brimley. A lot of people know him as the guy that talked about diabetes. Diabetes, 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 diabetes. Diabetes, diabetes testing supplies. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. So again, 5.30, we're going to connect with Tony Kennett of the Daily Signal. He is up in Michigan talking to the picketers, the auto workers, and covering Donald Trump. Looking forward to that. But what is love, Nige? Is love something that takes a long time to develop, or is it something you can find on your phone for 500 bucks a month? Because Tender has what? launched a new exclusive service. Tender, which is the swipe right, swipe left app where... It's a dating app. Yeah. You can just find somebody, hook up with them, have relations, have conversations, whatever turns you on. They're now launching an exclusive $500 a month subscription. Tinder Select will be this new invite-only membership tier. It costs $500 a month, but accepted users are allowed to direct message people without matching them first, and it will give you a list of the most sought-after profiles in your area. That do anything for you? No, I'm so glad. I'm creeping up here on 15 years, the anniversary of my beautiful wife, and I, I'm so glad we missed the dating app era, the invention 
uh, of the dating app, Tinder. I certainly wouldn't pay $500. This sounds like it's for beautiful people. They ain't letting the ugly scrubs on Tinder. But because here's the thing. If you got 500 bucks to blow and you're beautiful, what do you need Tinder for in the first well, place? Well, see, but that's, here's the thing. That's how most people meet now. You can't. You and I had to put in work back in the day. We, we, we had to physically walk up to somebody and start talking to them. When I was growing up, you had to have game, damn it. <laughs> you had right. to spit game. Now all you have to have is $500 a month, and you get hooked up with the most exclusive people on Tinder. That's all it takes? I would get into so much trouble if I were like the dating age if i were like 19 20 21 and all of this stuff were around facebook twitter tinder where you can just slide into somebody's messages like i i had a good time when i was younger to put it mildly dude i might be dead if that kind of stuff were around (laughs) but i'm telling you what it works i've my my buddy's older brother who is uh who's who's divorced is in his early to mid 40s he's in early 40s he uses all this stuff and it works Let's just say, you know who you sound reason, like right now. There's a reason why people use it. You sound like Owen Wilson and Wedding Crashers talking about how Chaz goes to the funerals. <laughs> He's cleaning up. <laughs> He's killing it. Because yeah, Will Ferrell was Chaz, and he would go yeah. to the funerals and crash. Yeah. The meatloaf! <laughs> ah! There's a grieving loved one, and like he's hugging him. Then he looks at the camera and gives you like a fist pump and a pelvic thrust. That's you talking about your buddy right now. Um, so one of our favorite social media outlets is the There I Ruined It guy. Oh, yeah. Where they take a couple different yeah. songs or a specific genre and completely screw it up by mixing it up with something else. So the There I Ruined It guy, imagine what the Red Hot Chili Peppers would sound like to people who hate the band. (laughs) And he used the riff from the song Snow, Heyo, and added mostly made-up lyrics. Take a listen. Come to a leaper with the peppermint bait, the chalupas in the fair to red. Don't California, buttermilk pancakes in my eyes. Stepped on a toe, broken down with hope. Now it's time to reiterate California. Just made up lyrics. I got a thumbtack on my nutsack. Pies, three, this is. I don't know what I say. Exactly what Red Hot Chili Peppers sound to people that don't like the band. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. Bravo. Something through the pages of a Webster's earns me wages. There's so many. Words. I mean, this is what it sounds this like is, to people who yeah. don't like the Chili Peppers. This is every Red Hot Chili Pepper song ever made, I believe. Okay. <laughs> Did I catch a thumbtack in my nutsack at one so. point? I think that right was there. one of the uh, lyrics. There. What's the best song the Chili Peppers have ever done? I'll defer to you. I'll, You're I'll, like the alternative I'll, I'll, rock I'll, guy. I'll give it away. My favorite song ever. Now, uh, me and my buddy were notorious. Uh, uh, my buddy Matt, uh, we loved The Other Side, the song The Other Side. Um, and we had tickets. We had good tickets to go, but we also wanted to go party with our buddies in Broad Ripple, and I'd seen the Chili Peppers before. I mean, this is like, like back back in the year 2000, and, they, and I go, we're going to go to the Chili Peppers concert, and after they sing The Other Side, we're going to leave and go to Broad Ripple. 
because I'm not a huge Red, Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, but we, we couldn't get enough of that song for some reason. We always sing. That was the first song they played. <laughs> <laughs> they came out on the stage. Were you made of your word and leave? We left? looked at each other, shrugged our shoulders, and said, let's get the F out of here. <laughs> wow. How much did you pay to go to no, that? No, it was free. Oh, I got free freebies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Man, if I'm going Red Hot Chili Peppers, I like that remake they did of Higher Ground. I think it was a Stevie Wonder hit originally. Oh, sure, yeah. But a, Higher classic, Ground was yeah. a banger. Um Suck My Kiss was always yeah. an interesting one. And then if you watch that documentary, I think it's on Netflix, about Woodstock, that disastrous Woodstock. Sure. Like, toward the end, I think the Chili Peppers were the closer, and Flea's just up there buck naked. Oh, yeah. There's not even a sock, <laughs> because the sock on their crotch was like the trademark. Right. He went sans sock that night, and stuff's just flopping around, Ugh. and yeah, no thank you. Pretty interesting guy. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Do anything special for the uh, GOP primary debate tonight, Hammer? I will be live-tweeting it. So if you follow us at Hammer and Nigel... I'll be live tweeting it, and if you actually want to enjoy life, <laughs> just tune into this radio program tomorrow, and I'll recap everything that you missed. I know there's not a lot of buzz, not a lot of excitement for this one tonight, Nige. I just don't know what we're going to learn that's that's new, that we don't already know about these candidates, that we didn't already figure out from that first debate. Right. Tonight's debate is supposed to be more about the economy and inflation. Right. And I think you're probably going to get a little bit of the auto workers involved in that as well. So I would imagine that's going to be a big theme tonight. Um, also, though, I kind of want to hear some stuff about the border, because it's an absolute mess. Well, uh, yeah, maybe these moderators, I mean, they didn't get into the border until like an hour in the last debate. They were asking about climate change and all that crap beforehand in the last debate. So, if you're wondering what the starting lineup is tonight, you've got Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Chris Christie, Tim Scott, and Doug. <laughs> play that every single hour and I would laugh every single time. Uh, your moderators tonight, uh, Dana Perino of Fox News and Ilya Calderon of Univision. So that's what I'm going to be doing tonight, Nige. Now, what about you? Yesterday, Bill O'Reilly came on our show and yeah. said he's doing this big interview with Tucker. Are you watching that or Trump tonight? Well, that drops at nine o'clock, right as the debate starts. So I'll probably I'll do the Tucker one. Okay. And uh, of course, I mean, is there going to be coverage of Donald Trump? I would imagine Newsmax would have it. Okay. And his starts, I think, an hour before the debate. So he gets rolling at eight. But if you know anything about Donald Trump, that probably means nine o'clock. I don't know. I'm a little more excited though. To I would be more inclined to put the wings on the smoker and tap the keg for the Tucker Bill O'Reilly interview. Two of my, you know, big fans of both. Okay. All right. Either way, we will have you covered. So sure. make sure you come back here tomorrow, and uh, we'll let you know everything that went on. 
In terms of what's happening in Washington, government shutdown is the conversation. Shut it down. Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy, he said he's a no on this bipartisan Senate bill that's supposed to be coming down his way. I don't see the support in the House. Well, good enough for me. (laughs) All right. Next. (laughs) Anything else? Uh, Mike Braun, by the way, was one of the 19 Senate Republicans who voted against advancing what they're calling this short-term funding bill to avoid the government shutdown. Uh, Mike Braun, uh, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, a number of other well-known popular senators. The vote was 77 to 19. And it's not... They're not voting no because they didn't want to fund the government. It's because of all the bull crap and pork oh, sure. that's loaded in the back half of this. Always. With that, and, by the way, a lot of Ukraine spending as well, which Kevin McCarthy uh, agreed to. Right. And Representative Byron Donalds, he's a House rep from Florida. He talked about that earlier today. The Senate's bipartisan proposal. Yeah. What do you make of it? Would you support that if McCarthy brought it to the floor? No. That thing is dead over here. Are you kidding me? Why? Well, first of all, <laughs> you continue spending. You have $6.2 uh, billion for Ukraine. Um, they do nothing to secure our southern border. Uh, that is just a non-starter. The Senate needs to get real. What, what You've all seen the images at the southern border. It has to stop immediately. This government should not continue to be funding funded if we don't secure our border. We can barely fund our own government, but we're sending billions to Ukraine. Right. And doing nothing about the southern border. We're paying off their pensions over there. We're making sure they're well taken care of in Ukraine. Meanwhile, here, it's an absolute blank show at the border, and it's crickets. Nobody really wants to talk I about that. 60 Minutes over the weekend. Our U.S. tax dollars, I didn't know this, are going to subsidize uh, small businesses keeping them open in Ukraine. (laughs) Not a joke. Not a joke. That's Joe Biden would say. Not a joke. Uh, Texas rep and one of our favorites, Chip Roy. I love the way they're talking to you, Chip. (laughs) Uh, Here he is on the Senate plan. My colleagues on the other side of the aisle complain about shutdown, yet they are the masters of shutdown. They shut down and brought to a halt the great American economy, resulting in exactly what you're experiencing right now and the American people feeling in terms of inflation, in terms of inability to afford homes, inability to afford gasoline, inability to afford power. If there is a shutdown on Saturday, it is because President Biden, Chuck Schumer, my Democratic colleagues would prefer to shut down the government of the United States than shut down the border of the United States and protect the American people. That's the simple truth. Well, when you put it that way, yes. I mean, I don't think there's anybody saying, boy, I really hope the government stays open right now. Is there? Like, maybe if you had somebody that worked with a government job, perhaps. But I think if you polled most people that had nothing tied to getting a paycheck from the government... Let them close. Certain aspects of the government, certain factions of the government, the IRS, maybe, we shut that down? Maybe the Department of Education? Aside from funding the military and maybe Social Security, which we'll talk about that in a few years, what would you say the government does well? (laughs) What would you say you do really well other than that? Spend money. (laughs) Spend a crap ton of money. On other people's borders. (laughs) If you don't laugh, you'll cry. Yeah.
Uh, so tonight, uh, we've got coverage of the debate here at 93 WIBC. We're going to be talking about this tomorrow. Nigel's going to be watching the Bill O'Reilly Tucker interview. Tony Kennett is up in Michigan covering Donald Trump's speech to the auto workers. But for those watching the second GOP debate tonight, here's a little poem that I put together. Twas the night of the debate, and again, no Donald Trump. But a hangry Chris Christie is there, <laughs> telling everyone, Sit down and shut up. <laughs> Each time DeSantis mentions Florida, grab your beer and chug. <laughs> You'll be so drunk in an hour, you'll actually cheer for that dude named Doug. (laughs) Who? There it is. Seven candidates on a stage. That can be a lot. Some people can be forgotten. Know what I'm saying? Senator Tim Scott. Oh, Oh, wow. Nikki Haley will be there, probably fighting with Vivek. Will Mike Pence get so angry that he snaps and says the word, heck, (laughs) without Donald Trump? This debate won't be as funny, but happy debate night to all. And as Donald Trump would say, Joe Biden is a dummy. There you go. (laughs) A little something to get you in the mood for the debate tonight. Are you okay? Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty freaking far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! Check this out. It's kind of weird. Theater tickets from Abraham Lincoln's assassination auctioned off for $262,500. Are you okay with this? What exactly am I looking at here? So you're looking at two front row balcony tickets to the Ford's Theater that were in very good condition. And these seats were right across from where Abe Lincoln was when he was shot and assassinated by John Wilkes Booth. The tickets are dated April 14th, 1865, Ford's Theater, D.C., and it's Section D seats, 41 and 42. (laughs) And that would have put them on the opposite side of the theater, which they would have had a perfect view of what happened to Abraham Lincoln. An unobstructed view of the former president's assassination is what you're saying. So I'm going to say that I'm not okay with this because I thought that number would be higher. Like baseball cards go for like way more than that. I mean, we've seen like Elvis memorabilia go for big amounts of money. I would have thought two tickets in good condition to the Ford's Theater the night of Lincoln's assassination yeah. would have been at least you know, half a mil. Are you a memorial? I'm sorry. Are you a memorabilia guy? In other words, if you had the money, would you buy a Cubs World Series ring if you had the chance? Probably. The money? Yeah. You would buy something less. So you're into that kind of thing, like collection. I mean, I'm into it to the point where if I had money to play with, I would. I'm not going into debt and I'm not taking out loans right. to go I, buy this I, kind I, of I, stuff. I understand but. that. Like, I have a, you know, there's a picture in our office that I framed of me and Will Farrell, and he autographed 
a copy of Anchorman for me and personalized it. That's the kind of stuff I'm more interested in. The personalized stuff? Yeah. Like if it was signed to me by that person, I have the same thing, me holding the Lombardi trophy and then a picture, and I had it framed next to a picture of me interviewing Tony Dungy, and Tony Dungy signed that photo of me to Nigel, best wishes. That kind of stuff is like more important to me than like a pair of tickets from the Lincoln assassination. Well, right, but if you were a history buff, though, sure, like a history right. buff doesn't give two dams about the Lombardi Trophy. By the way, side note, I watched uh, the new Indiana Jones over the weekend. And, and it, it, my son and I watched it, and we we kind of had to chop it into a couple of different nights. We bought it for twenty bucks. It wasn't even for rent, but the way I figured it, you know, I would have spent a hundred dollars in the movie theater. Right. I liked it. It was entertaining. It was action packed. Uh, I'm gonna watch it again. And you know, speaking of history buffs, that's who you know. I was Indiana wondering Jones. how we made the transition to Indiana Jones from Lincoln being shot in the head. Well, just him being a history buff. Okay. And searching for artifacts and things like that. Um, but yeah, I would give it like a three and a half out of five. Okay. Okay. All All right. right. There you go. Uh, up next, Colin Kaepernick, former San Francisco 49ers quarterback and prominent BLM activist is begging the New York Jets to join the practice squad. Hammer, are you okay with this? No, I'm not (laughs) because I'm old enough to remember not even a year ago, where he puts out this documentary on Netflix where he compares the NFL to slave labor. He compares the NFL scouting combine to like slaves being sold at an auction. Okay. Yeah. And now this released letter, which the New York Post got a copy of, it was released by his buddy who's a rapper. He's begging the Jets to go back into slave labor, apparently. <laughs> he can't wait to get back into the slave trade. They don't make a lot of money on the practice squad. I mean, they do okay. How much money do they make? I mean, if you're on the practice squad all year, you could probably bring in 100 grand or so. But for Colin Kaepernick, all this is is about keeping his name out there in the public so he can get trending, so he can get clicks. Because people forget this. Before he was an activist, before he was taking knees and all that kind of stuff, he got benched for Blaine Gabbert. Let that sink in. (laughs) You should have taken a sip of my beer right as you were saying that. (laughs) And the Jets have said thanks, but no thanks to Colin. They've signed Trevor Simeon, who isn't great by any means of the imagination, to the practice squad. But has he played the game recently? Uh, The last time he played, I believe, was around 2017, 2018. But the last time Kaepernick was on a field was 2016. And look. Wow. This dude had every opportunity to get back in the league. Jay-Z and Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the league, they set up this deal where he would have his own private tryout, and scouts were coming, people were flying in, and then Kaepernick changed everything at the last minute, moved it like an hour or so away, and teams were like, you don't want to play. Well, Stephen, yeah, like Stephen A. Smith. Right. Right. Stephen A. Smith said just those exact words. He doesn't want to play. So, no, this is a a big nothing burger here. I'm not okay with Colin Kaepernick. He's only looking for clicks. This weekend, there's going to be a pair of NASCAR races with drivers sporting the Talladega Knights look. One driver is going to be wearing or driving the number 41 Wonder Bread Ford Mustang. (laughs) 
and another driver is going to be behind the wheel of the Old Spice Ford Mustang, just like Ricky Bobby and Cal Naughton Jr. Are you okay with NASCAR doing this? I love this. This is great. <laughs> so, Stuart Haas Racing, they've got the duo of Chase Briscoe and Ryan Priest, and the race is in Talladega this weekend, so they thought, you know what? When in Rome, let's do the Talladega Nights-themed cars, and <laughs> Priest is going to drive the number 41 Wonder Bread car, and Briscoe, who's an Indiana native, by the way, yeah. uh, he's going to be driving Cal Naughton's number 14 Old Spice Mustang. Hey, I'm Ricky Bobby, and I'm Cal Naughton Jr. <laughs> we just want to take a moment to talk to you about snow blindness and cats. It's affecting more and more cats every year, and it scares the living shit out of us. <laughs> I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt, because it says, like, I want to be formal, right. but I'm here to party, too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. <laughs> I like to think of Jesus like with giant eagle's wings yeah. and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with like an angel band. And I'm in the front row, and I'm hammered drunk. <laughs> Like, this may be a hot take. I think I like Cal Naughton Jr. more than Ricky Bobby. And here's another hot take about that, is that I think I like the bloopers at the end of the movie, the gag reel, <laughs> more than I did the original movie itself. Very funny. All right. Uh, in a new book called Surely You Can't Be Serious, the true story of an airplane, David Zucker, Jim Abrams, and Jerry Zucker tell the story of how David Letterman's agent forced him to audition for the movie. One of Greatest comedies of all time, Airplane. Here is um, here is a little bit of the audition with David Letterman um, auditioning for a scene in, in the movie Airplane. Ted, you got a telegram this morning from headquarters. Headquarters? What is it? It's a big building where the officers meet. But that's not important right now. You're taking all the blame for what happened on that raid was a pretty courageous thing to do. Was it? Because of my mistake, six men didn't come back from that raid. Seven. Lieutenant Zip died this morning. <laughs> So okay, so David Let's David Letterman trying out for the movie Airplane. He's auditioning. Uh, they didn't hire him though, ultimately because he he sucked. He's not a good actor. Are you okay with this? Yes, I'm okay with this because Ted Stryker, the character played yeah. by Robert Hayes, he nailed it. Oh yeah, it was perfect. Like. I have never seen that guy in like anything else, but he was so perfect in that role. I never heard the I never heard the story of how David Letterman was kind of forced to audition by his agent for that role. Right, that's crazy. I love going down those rabbit holes yeah. of like actors that were offered roles that turned it down. Like I read somewhere that. John Travolta was originally supposed to be the role in Forrest Gump. Like, I can't see John Travolta doing really that I've role. I've never heard that before. But yeah, this is a this was a good thing that it happened this way because Robert Hayes was perfect as Ted Stryker. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the WIBC hotline. Tony Kennett is an investigative reporter for the Daily Signal, and he will be having a nightly program here pretty soon at 93 WIBC. Tonus, where the hell are you? 
Uh, I am in Detroit, Michigan, outside the Ford manufacturing plant. Uh, it's just in it's Wayne, just north of Detroit. And I'm covering the UAW strike here and uh, talking to a lot of people on the ground. And uh, Donald Trump's holding a rally here tonight. So is everybody still just rocking and rolling and fired up after Joe Biden's spirited 12-minute visit yesterday? <laughs> I have found only one type of, of person that, uh, excuse me, there are going to be people shouting scab here in a minute. There's a semi-truck trying to enter the plant. Uh-oh. Um, they're Uh-oh. blocking the roads. However, uh, no, everyone that I've talked to except for very skinny old white men who look like they work in accounting, was very unimpressed with Joe Biden. And I mean, every other demographic period, Um, white, black, Hispanic, anyone that I've talked to just could not stand Biden showing up at a plant that wasn't even the big Ford plant around and basically babbling that he liked workers and then was quietly shuttled away to the basement again. Didn't Joe Biden once campaign on the fact that he was basically going to, like you said, destroy the gas power automotive industry and now he's there pretending like he cares about it? Yeah, the Biden administration has signed an initiative pledging the United States will allow no more gas-powered car purchases by 2035. And uh, I don't know if you guys know how that works, but that means that gas-powered auto plants would be shut down. And those don't just pop up like tent cities overnight. You can't just, like, snap your fingers and have more electric vehicle plants, especially when we're only 12 years away from that deadline. So this is going to be a lot of people out of work. And people on the picket line, by the way, they know that. They hate those policies. So you were there tonight to cover the big speech that Donald Trump is giving these auto workers. Now, we've already heard that the UAW union head, Sean Fain, he's against this. He hates Donald Trump with the passion of a million fires. What are some of the folks on the ground saying? Uh, I talked to a, a, a nice lady this morning who said, you know, uh, Trump's an a-hole. But boy, when he was in office, I was making a lot of money. And so I don't know uh, that we've spoken to anyone yet that is going to his rally tonight. I think they would be a little afraid to probably say that in the open, say that in public. Um, We've had a lot of people off camera who have said very positive things about Trump. Uh, A lot of interesting things like in Detroit, very concerned about immigration, economic policy, of course, energy and oil. And uh, honestly, I think that's more of I think that's impressing people far more that Trump is coming here. He sent pizzas. Uh, There are a bunch of boxes that say from Donald Trump on them. So he's delivered food to the picket line. Listen, Michigan is a swing state, and I know Detroit is very blue, and unions usually vote straight Democrat. But is there a chance here that Donald Trump could go out there and say, look, I'm Mr. The Art of the Deal. Let's figure out a way to make all of this work, but you got to vote me back into office. I think that Trump's more likely to get up there and say, when I was in office, there weren't any strikes because everyone was working and happy. <laughs> and all of the union people are going to look at each other and go, where's the lie? Where's the lie? I mean, yeah, he said some mean tweets, but there was money in my pocket. There was food on the table. There was gas in my American-made car. And that means a lot in Rust Belt towns. I, look, I grew up, my dad was a UAW guy for 10 years. All my family worked in Dana. And uh, left-wing policies sent those businesses to Mexico. And I tell you what, those factory worker men and women, they do not forget when the times are good, and they sure as hell don't forget when the times are bad.
Tony Kennett, Daily Signal, covering the strike up in Detroit, the auto unions there. What exactly are you seeing right now? Is it like the standard uh, people with holding up signs and walking around in circles and blocking the entrances to the buildings and things like that? Yeah, uh, empty parking lots. A lot of delivery semis are being like uh, blocked temporarily as they kind of shove their way through. That's why you hear, if you hear it in the background, a lot of people shouting scab is because a few delivery drivers are attempting to get through. What I'm seeing mostly, though, is just a, a group of people who feel they've been given the short end of the stick. And, you know, you and I can sit here and parse you know, some of the things that the UAE, uh, the UAW leadership has been asking uh, is a little wild, like a four-day work week, things like that, that a lot of people on the ground don't think is what they're striking over. Uh, but what I'm seeing here is a lot of people in the Midwest who are honestly tired of a bunch of policy that doesn't work for them. Uh, they're tired of some really screwy subsidy crony nonsense that's been going on uh, in the Biden relationship's or excuse me, the uh, Obama-Biden relationship with the auto manufacturers as far back as 2008. But here's the thing that I'm wondering, Tony, and I don't know if you have any information on this or not. Like here in Indianapolis, people will always say Joe Hogsett's doing a horrible job, his polling number is bad, but every election, he will win with 60% of the vote because Indianapolis is 60% Democrat, and people would rather vote for that D next to somebody's name than rather understand what's going on. I kind of feel right. like this could be the thing happening with the auto workers. You're Right. Those people up there will say, I had more money in my pocket when Donald Trump was the president. But when the rubber meets the road, it feels like they're going to vote for the same crap. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, I will point out that when it comes to the presidential election, you had a lot of people in 2016 who voted straight blue until they got to the presidency. And then they voted for Donald Trump. Now, I, I don't know if you're going to see that again. Uh, you have a lot of different commentary on whether this is a referendum on Biden or whether this is a referendum on Trump or on January 6th or Hill or whatever. And I, I'm not intelligent enough or all-knowing enough by far to tell you how some auto worker in Detroit is going to vote based on if he thinks that the presidency is worth this or that or the other. All I can tell you is that on the ground this morning, I have not heard a single person say, boy, am I excited to vote for Biden again. Not one. And I've been asking. Hey, go back to something you briefly touched on just a second ago. What do the people on the ground you've talked to, the people that are on strike, um, think of the demands of the union? Do they think that a you know, 40% increase and a four-day work week is reasonable? Or do they understand that this is a negotiation and, and possibly that doesn't that, that's not going to be the ultimate outcome? Well, yeah, a lot of people say, obviously, you know, they're asking for, you know, you, you shoot for the moon so you land among the stars or whatever that stupid elementary teacher poster on every classroom <laughs> is. You know, that you, you ask for more so that you get about what you want. And, yeah, there's a lot of that. I will say that some of the things that I've heard from people think that, uh, goodness, there was one gentleman that told us that he thought that the union leaders on TV were acting like a bunch of uh, prisses and a bunch of, and I quote, girls in skirts, whatever that means. Um, just asking for a, a bunch of – I didn't know what it meant either, but he was on a roll, so I let him go. It just really annoyed with kind of over-asking and making them look greedy. Hmm. He's like, look, he's like, I, I've, in the last eight years, I've had a raise of $3. He's like, I think that it would be a little bit better if we had a better system than that. And, and that sounded more reasonable to me than – 
you know, saying I want a 40 percent raise and I want a four day work week and I want back rubs by a lady named Jean and like all this (laughs) other nonsense. Like, come on. So, Tony, there's a debate tonight, GOP debate. Again, Donald Trump will not be there. He's speaking in Michigan. You're covering it. But do you think anything could be said during this debate tonight from any one of the seven candidates on stage that would resonate with the folks you see picketing outside right now? Nope. Nope. Not a thing. And by the way, I, I there is a candidate that is on that stage that I have personally supported for, for a majority of the primary. And I think is a, a very good governor and, and a really good guy. Um, and one of the guys on that stage was the guy who appointed me to West Point. And I kind of like him, too, as a person, not as a politician. But nothing that they could say would matter. Nothing. They are all irrelevant at this point. Uh, Just like Mike Braun secured himself the governorship of Indiana when he said that he endorsed Trump, I'm telling you, the populists are out in full force, and Trump is the only one who matters in the primary right now. And you can say what you'd like, but the data that I'm seeing on the ground doesn't lie. DeSantis maybe has some pullout power to bring people to the primary polls, but when I say it's nowhere near enough, I mean an ice cube in a lake compared to people that are going to be coming out to vote for Trump in the primary. I'm looking at this headline from our news partners at Wish TV. John Green, the author of The Faults of Our Stars, he's going to be part of some Indianapolis panel about banned books. I guess there's a banned books week, and he's going to be part of the panel involved in this, Tony. I know education and all that kind of stuff falls under your wheelhouse, so I'm curious as to what you think. Well, as excited as I am to tell you guys what I think about an author who writes novels for teen girls, um, I, I guess I can say I'm hoping he finds a book that's actually been banned. I've been told for years about these the banned books. Oh, they're so banned. Where are they? What are these banned books? They're not. I, I can go to Barnes & Noble and pick up any of these right now. I can go to Amazon.com and pick up any of, these, any of these books right now, including the ones that contain images that should not be taxpayer-funded in kids' libraries at public schools, like genderqueer, for example. John Green is very upset because the big, mean, bad conservatives over on the Hamilton Eastern Public Library Board decided to move Fault in Our Stars due to uh, a standard on references to sex from the teen section to the adult section, a whopping 32 and a half feet in the building. So it wasn't banned in any way. It wasn't like taken outside, thrown into a dumpster and set on fire. The man is so (laughs) tired of not being relevant. He's so desperate for people to pay attention to him that he has taken this in stride and he's yelling. And all of the teen girls that loved his books that are now baristas in Starbucks all around the country, they're like, oh, John Green, my heart breaks for you. Oh, my God, you're so brave. And I'm just looking at this as a former educator and just laughing at the sheer absurdity of him being treated with relevance. I also do love, and, and I'm just going to be honest, I think all of the news agencies that are writing stories about him being on some kind of panel, like this is, oh, he's on, he's going to sit on a panel. Ooh, it's just the local affiliate television media so desperate for people to watch their shows again in the evening that they're putting attention on stories like this. Like, oh, man, if Channel 13 says John Green's going to be somewhere, maybe someone will watch Channel 13 instead of their viewership crashing like it has over the last decade. But... But adjacent to this is the fact that I mean, did you agree with the with the decision to move 
of the fault in our stars from the the teen section to the adult section when it was just sort of a sort of a benign thing that was in that book in the first place. I mean, I know what you're saying about John Green. I understand it, but the, but the decision that it was kind of unneeded or unnecessary. Do you think? Oh yeah, that's that's the catch. I I completely disagreed with the decision. I thought it should stay in the teen section, but that's again that's why I think that the point that I'm making here has grounds because even I who disagree with the decision and I thought that particular application of that standard was a little goofy still thinks that we're making literally mountains out of these teeny tiny molehills here it was moved okay great so replace the library board the next election and move the book 30 feet back this isn't the end of the world the book wasn't set on fire in the parking lot but at the same time i want to go back to your angle to begin with here we're treating John Green like all of a sudden it's Leonardo DiCaprio or George Clooney or some major A-lister that people will follow wherever they go. And, man, I just don't know if the, the star power, if you want to call it that, is there with John Green. I know. And by the way, if you've looked at him in the last couple of years, I okay, I, I his brother ran an education channel that made a lot of videos. And I, I used to watch a, a good portion of of those videos and he's he looks a lot different than he used to um he's kind of starting to enter his creepy old man era which you know a lot of authors kind of get right teen literature tend to look like creepy old men i I entered that era about uh, five years ago Uh, (laughs) i knew you would understand (laughs) instead you're busy throwing up on 93 (laughs) wibc heard that yesterday did you my grandmother did and called me immediately. Fantastic. I love it. Okay. Well, Tonus, keep us up to date tonight on everything going on in Detroit with the strike and the protesters and Donald Trump's speech and the inevitable protesters that will be there. Where can we follow your work? You should be following me on Twitter at the Tonus. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Tonus McFly. I need to, like, make my social media usernames a little easier to follow. (laughs) Tony Kennett, Daily Signal. You're the best. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show.